Thanks to this season's presenting sponsor, Driscoll's. Only the finest berries. Hello, friends. Welcome back to Mystery Recipe. I'm Molly Birnbaum, Editor-in-Chief of America's Test Kitchen Kids. And I'm Mitzi, oven mitt, right-hand gal, plant mom, and co-host on the show. Plant mom? Yes. For any listeners who may have missed out on our previous episode, our intern, Greg, gifted me a basil plant named Basil, and I have fully committed to the plant life now. I have a green thumb, which is a significant portion of me, since I am an oven mitt. In other news, we've got a great episode for you today. That's right. Every week on Mystery Recipe, we'll be talking about the fun, fantastical, and fascinating sides of a different kitchen ingredient. And at the end of the season, we'll use all the ingredients to cook a mystery recipe together. It's day three of Vegetable Oil Week. We're exploring the states of matter in today's episode. First up, we have some temperature-sensitive science in our Pressing Questions segment. Followed by a winning wild card. Oh, I need to tell Basil about that. Let me write that down. While you do that, let's go to the theme. Looks good. I bet it tastes good. Ooh. Ice cream. Mystery recipe. So, Mitzi, how is the notebook strategy working? Eh, it's okay, Molly. So, listeners, to catch you up, plants like being talked to, so I've been talking to Basil a lot. But instead of telling him every thought I have, uh, as I have it, which is not very practical, I've been writing down the really exciting things in this notebook, and then I tell Basil all the good stuff at the end of the day. It's definitely more time efficient, but I'm kind of a slow writer, and I found I fill up these notebooks very quickly. Well, I'm sure you'll get better at writing with practice. That's true. I'm going to continue exploring some other options as well. Got to stay open to innovation. Innovation, listeners, is when you make changes to the established way of doing things, often with the intention of improving it. That's right. A lot of the changes you may have noticed on this show are innovations that help us make it better. Like only working with one recipe tester for our pressing questions segment instead of three. Speaking of, it's time for Pressing Questions. Pressing Questions, listeners, is a segment where we answer a question from a young chef using science. Every week we go through our emails and voicemails and find a question that we can conduct a science experiment to answer. And then I will call up a kid recipe tester to try it out. And don't forget that this season and forever after, we've decided that the recipe lab is any space where food and fun collide. Another innovation, I might add. Very true, Mitzi. The recipe lab is now any place where young chefs can explore the amazing and interesting science behind so much of what we cook, bake, and eat. That's why we want everyone at home to try these experiments and experience the science for yourself. Here's how it will work. We're going to talk to a kid recipe tester in their home and go step-by-step through each part of the experiment in our episode. And when we're done and our episode is over, we encourage all of you to recreate this science for yourselves in your own recipe labs. And don't forget to tell us how it went. You can send us an email at mysteryrecipeatamericastestkitchen.com. I'll go through everything you send us, or Greg might. Uh, We're just excited to hear from you. All right, should we get started with today's questions? Ready when you are. Let's hear it. 
Why are the oils we use in our kitchen sometimes solid and sometimes liquid? Why aren't they all the same? That was Isaiah, age 12, from Pennsylvania. And that was an excellent question. That's oil we need. Good one, Mitzi. Why, thank you. But okay, Molly, science. How are we going to science into this question? Another great question. Listeners, if you want to try this experiment out at home, here are the ingredients you'll need. Vegetable oil, extra virgin olive oil, and coconut oil. In terms of equipment, you'll need measuring spoons, three microwave-safe bowls, tape, a marker, and an oven mitt. Let's call up Isaiah and set up a little experiment to get to the bottom of it. Hi, Isaiah. Thank you so much for joining us. Hi. Thank you for having me. Awesome. So today we're going to be talking about why some oils are solid and others are liquid. All right, so we're going to be looking at three types of oils, extra virgin olive oil, vegetable oil, and coconut oil at three temperatures, room temperature, which is what you have on your counter, cold, and hot. So let's start by having you make a prediction. This is called a hypothesis. Do you think these three oils will look the same or different as they change temperatures? I think they will look different. How so? I feel like uh, depending on the temperature, the how it looks will change. Maybe its consistency or just its form in general. Like for coconut oil, what do you think will happen when it gets warmer? Um, it might start to melt. And so for like olive oil or vegetable oil, what do you think will change when they get hot? I think they might get more watery. Awesome. I love it. And what about when it gets colder? Uh, they might freeze or uh, become much colder and not move as much. Not move as much? Awesome. So like thicker? Yeah. Great. Wonderful prediction. So our first set of oils are at room temperature. So the coconut oil, do you know which one that is? Looks like the glob. That's the glob? Yeah. Awesome. So does that mean it's like solid or liquid? Solid. And the olive oil and the vegetable oil, are those globby or more liquid? Liquid. Liquid. Awesome. And last night, you also put samples of the same three oils in the fridge. So those are going to be our second set of oils, which we'll observe while they are cold. Can you take them out now? They are on the table. Tell me what they look like. The coconut oil looks very solid. It doesn't seem like it's moving very much. The olive oil seems liquidy, but it seems a little a little thicker than before. And the, the vegetable oil, the same has happened over here. Got it. So the vegetable oil is also a little thicker than the room temperature. Yeah. All right. So... The next thing we're going to do is heat them up a little bit and see what they're all like when they're a little bit hot. So what we're going to do is measure out two tablespoons of each type of oil and place each oil in a different microwave-safe bowl. So make sure to keep track of which is which. You might even want to use a tape and marker to mark the bowls you put them in, if that would be helpful. Let's put each in the microwave for 10 seconds. So pick one bowl to start with and microwave it for 10 seconds. Awesome. So let's talk about that one. Which sample was that? Which oil was that? The vegetable oil. The vegetable oil. And what happened when you microwaved it? Um, it got a lot more liquidy. 
not as stiff. It's moving a lot more. Okay, so you're you're like twirling it around and it, it looks like it's moving more. All right, should we do the second sample? Why don't you do olive oil next? Okay. All right, so olive oil, what does that look like when it's a little bit heated up? It looks more liquidy and it's a little less liquidy than the vegetable oil. All right, should we do our third sample? So two tablespoons of the coconut oil, and this is a solid at room temperature, so it's a little bit different to measure it out. Just really dig in there. All right, what happened to the coconut oil? It started to melt. Um, Some of it is a liquid right now on the outside. Kind of reminds me of butter. Oh, interesting. Do you think if we microwaved it more, it would melt more? Yes. Why don't we try that? I would put it in for another 10 seconds. All right, what does it look like now? It's pretty much completely liquid. It's like a liquid now. That is, I mean, that's so cool. It went from solid to liquid. So that's the one that really changed. The olive oil and the vegetable oil became a little bit more liquidy, but largely they remain kind of the same. Molly, while you were doing that experiment, I had a very innovative thought. Walkie talkies! Okay, hi Isaiah. Sorry to interrupt. Urgent plant parent business here. When you become a parent, uh, you'll understand. Walkie talkies? Yep. Part of why I can't tell Basil every thought I have while I have it is that I can't be running back and forth to the windowsill all day. Noises drain podcasts, you know, business stuff. But I left one walkie-talkie in his pot, and with the other one here, I can tell him what I'm thinking from all over the office. Well, that's a great idea, Mitzi. But there's a little science behind why I'm not sure it will work. Oh, there it is? Do you know why the walkie-talkie isn't a perfect solution to Mitzi's dilemma, listeners? Plus, I still need to give Isaiah the science behind what's going on with those oils. I'll explain right after this word from our sponsors. Grown-ups, these ads are for you. I want to tell you about our sponsor, the Kroger family of stores. One of my favorite things about Kroger is all their delicious Kroger-branded products called Our Brands. They have everything from ice cream to produce to pet food. And these are products you can only find at the Kroger family of stores. Kroger stands behind each and every one of them with their quality guarantee. If you're not delighted, let them know and they'll make it right with a replacement or refund. Our brands make shopping easy, delicious, and affordable. So check out these fresh ingredients and seasonal favorites on your next trip to the grocery store or by heading to Kroger.com. Hey, Chad. Hey, Molly. How much do you know about our sponsor, Automat Tomato Sauce? I know that it's delicious, and there are no added sugars or preservatives, and that it's packed with 10 organic veggies. I also know that Automat is tomato spelled backwards. That is right. So we're going to have some fun, and I'm going to spell some of the veggies that are in this delicious Automat sauce backwards, and you have to guess what they are. Okay. O-T-A-T-O-P-T-E-E-W-S. Oh, my goodness. Oh, that's sweet potato. Okay, this one real fast. 
T-O-R-R-A-C. Carrot. They put all of this in a tomato sauce. Okay, we're going to do one more. N-O-I-N-O-T-E-E-W-S. N-O-I-N-O. Oh, onion. Sweet onion? Sweet onion. <laughs> Yay. <laughs> it makes that sauce especially delicious. All right, I have I have one more for you, Chad. Okay. O-T-A-M-O-T. That is Automat. Automat. That's tomato spelled backwards. Is available nationwide at Whole Foods, Sprouts, and lots of other retailers. Visit their website to find a store near you or order direct and use code ATKKIDS for 25% off your first order at automatfoods.com. So, Mitzi, are you ready for some science? Yes! Plant science or oil science? Both. But plant science first. Sorry, Isaiah. Mitzi, do you remember why plants like being talked to? It's not because Basil cares about my day? Not entirely. It's because of something called photosynthesis. Plants don't eat foods like we do. They use the sun in order to make their own food. That process is called photosynthesis. Basil, are you photosynthesizing right now? Probably, yes. Plants use light from the sun as well as water and CO2, or carbon dioxide, to create sugar. CO2 is what we breathe out. Ah, and so when I'm talking to Basil, I'm exhaling lots of CO2 that he could use to make food. That's exactly right, which is why plants like being talked to because they use the CO2 we're exhaling. So, now do you see the dilemma in using a walkie-talkie? I do. If I'm using a walkie-talkie from across the office, the CO2 I'm breathing out isn't ever reaching Basil. That's right. So he wasn't actually all that interested in what I had to say? Well, I wouldn't say that. All we know for sure is that Basil would probably prefer the notebook method, since that means he'll still get to hear from you in person and get some of your CO2. Okay. You hear that, buddy? I'll be back at the end of the day with a full report. Over and out. Roger, roger. So, Molly, how about the science from our pressing questions experiment? Right. So, would you like to hear the science behind the difference in these oils? Yes. So, Isaiah, the reason each type of oil is different at different temperatures is that they each contain different types and amounts of fatty acids. Coconut oil is solid at room temperature and melts into a liquid once it's heated up, just like butter. This is because coconut oil is made up of mostly molecules called saturated fatty acids. Mitzi, do you remember what a molecule is? Yes. Molecules are the tiny, tiny building blocks that make up all the things in the world around us. Right. And a lot of the molecules that make up coconut oil and butter are saturated fatty acids. These are molecules that can stack up on each other very closely to create a solid structure when at room temperature. Like jello cubes or squishy Legos. Right. But when these saturated fatty acids heat up, they go from almost solid squishy Lego to a liquid. They melt, which is why the coconut oil, like butter, becomes a liquid when heated up. Olive oil is mostly made of molecules called unsaturated fatty acids. These molecules don't create a solid structure. Or become squishy Legos. Until they are a little bit colder, kind of like when water freezes and becomes ice. 
Unrefined olive oil often contains wax molecules, too, which form solid crystals in the fridge. That's why the olive oil became cloudy when it was in the fridge. So then I would assume that vegetable oil has unsaturated fatty acid molecules and no wax because it stayed a liquid no matter what temperature it was. That's correct, Mitzi. It will solidify if it gets cold enough, about 14 degrees Fahrenheit or negative 10 degrees Celsius. But it can't get that cold from being in the fridge. My head is spinning. Ah, That was a lot to keep track of. It certainly was, Mitzi. We just learned about thermodynamics. Yikes! Thermo, huh? That's the study of how things behave at different temperatures. Well, I don't know how dynamic it was, but I think this information is starting to solidify in my mind. (laughs) Golly, Molly, this was an incredible, informative day. Well, I'm glad you thought so, Mitzi. Isaiah, thank you for helping us with pressing questions today. It was good to be here. Bye! And listeners, if you want to try this experiment at home, remember to tell us how it went. Grownups, you can reach us at mysteryrecipe at americastestkitchen.com. Well, I think we're just about out of time for today, but we've got something a little different left to bring us home. That's right. Each week, we like to end things with something a little wacky in our wild card. Enjoy! Hey, everybody! Fry Pieri here! And welcome back to Can You Fry This? A show where our contestants find out the hard way what can be fried and what cannot. Today's contestant is here all the way from Spokane, Washington. Let's give it up for Hillary. Hi, Fry. It's so nice to meet you. It's nice to meet me too, Hillary. All right, you all know how this game works. I'll show you an object, and you tell me if it can fry or not. Let's bring out my lovely assistant, Ben. Ben, what's the first thing you got for us to fry? Ice cream. Ice cream. Frozen treat. Everybody loves it. Hillary, ice cream. Can you fry? Uh, I mean, that's tough because it's frozen. And obviously, when you fry something, you're cooking it in very hot oil. But I happen to love ice cream, and so I've actually ordered this before. I am going to say... Yes! Yes, you can fry ice cream. Excellent guess, Hillary. All right, then. Let it fry. Yes, you can fry ice cream. Fried ice cream is a delicious dessert served all over the world. The trick is to put something crunchy around the outside. Roll an ice cream ball in some crushed up frosted flakes, for example, and then fry it for about 10 to 15 seconds. That way, the outside is crisp and golden brown, and the ice cream inside, still frozen. It's delicious, Fry. You said it, Hillary. It is especially delicious when I make it. Why is that, Fry? Because I made it. All right, Ben, what's our next ingredient? A shoe. It's a shoe. You wear it on your feet when you walk around, tie up the laces, and go for a run. But today's question is, can you fry it? Well, I think this would be a case in which technically the answer is yes. Yes, you can fry it. But I don't really think you should. It's probably pretty gross to do. And you definitely don't want to eat a shoe. That's just gross. 
So my answer is yes. Yes, you can, but no, you should not. A little nuance. I like it, Hillary. Ben, let it fry. That's exactly right, Hillary. Technically, you can fry a shoe, but like Hillary mentioned, you shouldn't eat a shoe because it's not food. Hillary, taking us to Frytown with the right answers tonight. Ben, let's see our final ingredient. Dynamite. <gasps> Dynamite, Hillary, real live explosives. This cartoon-style excavating tool will blow you right out of Frytown and in the next week. So, Hillary, dynamite, can you fry it? Well, is that real dynamite fry? That's, I'm feeling a little nervous. No, you, you definitely cannot fry that. It's, uh, it's an explosive. We would all be in very real danger. Uh, where did you even get that? Hillary says no. Ben, let's find out. Let it fry. Yikes, that, I guess Hillary was right. You cannot fry that. Hope everyone's all right. (laughs) Don't worry, Mitzi. Those wild cards are totally fictional. Isn't that right, Fry? Fryviary here to say, you are correct, Molly. We are fine because that was not real. Phew, good to hear. Well, that means we've come to the eventful ending of Vegetable Oil Week, the sequel. That's right. And what a week it was. We learned all about canola oil and where its name comes from and how oils change from solid to liquids depending on their temperature. We'll be back next week to talk about another brand new ingredient. And remember, at the end of the season, we'll be using all of our ingredients in a very special mystery recipe to cook together. Can you guess what it is? So far, we've talked about cinnamon and vegetable oil. Hmm. You do a lot of baking with those things, don't you, Molly? I don't know. You'll have to tune in next week to find out what our next ingredient will be. If you love Mystery Recipe, be sure to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. That way, you won't miss an episode. And if you like this episode, share it with a friend. It's a great way to support our show. Or you can leave us a review if you want. Again, no pressure. Until next time, keep Keep on on cooking. cooking. Mystery Recipe is hosted by me, Molly Birnbaum. And I am a chocolate croissant. Chad Chennai is our writer and producer. He is Eggs Benedict. Our executive producer is Caitlin Kelleher. She's a breakfast burrito. Scoring, sound design, and mixing by Anya Jeshik and Matt Boynton of Ultraviolet Audio. They are two eggs over easy with a side of corned beef hash. Jonathan Roberts composed our theme music and is a Pop-Tart. Our post-production supervisor is Jen Margolis. She's French toast. Our line producer is Diane Knox, who is also an omelet. Jack Bishop is the chief creative officer of America's Test Kitchen. He's two double lattes. David Nussbaum is our CEO, and he's a blueberry pancake. Special thanks to our senior science editor, Paul Adams, executive editor, Kristen Sargianis, 
Executive Food Editor Susanna McFerrin. Senior Editors Afton Cyrus and Ali Velez Aldifer. Tess Cooks, Andrea Vavjin, and Cassandra Laughlin. Assistant Editors Katie O'Hara and Tess Berger. And Assistant Tess Cook Kristen Bango. This episode featured the voices of Kira O'Sullivan, Champ Hollins, Aaron Marshall Bob, and Ali Velez Aldifer. Thanks again to our sponsors, Kroger, the National Mango Board, and Automat. Mystery Recipe is a production of America's Test Kitchen Kits. So, Fry, was that fried ice cream also fictional? Fry Pieri, here to say, no, it was not. You want some? Yes, please. Mm-hmm. Mm, it's crispy, crunchy, and ice cream. Ah, I've Got to tell Basil about this with all my CO2. <sighs> Hi, grown-ups. I wanted to tell you a little bit about our newsletter. If you love the fun food content we share on Mystery Recipe, then sign up today for our ATK Kids newsletter to receive even more recipes, activities, and stories from me straight to your inbox. As a mom of two, I always try to include things that are important to my family, and it's a great way to hear about all the new things we are cooking up at ATK. Plus, every new email added will be entered for a chance to win three free ATK Kids books for toddlers through teens. We'll draw 10 winners every month while the promotion lasts, and we have some great books available all the time. Head to atkkids.com newsletter to sign up today for your chance to win. 